0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. How are you? What are you drinking, bud? I'm awesome, man. Uh, I am
1: drinking water.
0: I'm recovering from some whiskey.
1: Mm,
0: water. I'm also drinking water. I'm I, again. I, I have to get some beers. Maybe I, I might drink coffee later because I get pretty I get pretty uppity when I drink coffee. I, I think people might be catching on by now. We we batch a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So before we get started, if you have a question about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing, shoot us an email with your question, listenmoneymatters at gmail dot com. And if you want to be on the show, because we want to get some guests, and we want our listeners to be on the show, not just an email, we're not just going to talk about it. We want you to actually come on, speak to us on the air for an episode we did one a while back episode 13 it was called this financial life with hirsch our buddy hirsch right and i thought it was a great episode we got to hear his entire financial profile and we gave him some really good actionable tips and we want to continue to do that for a for a segment that we want to uh add on at the end of the show
1: i think that sounds awesome and more importantly other people thought
0: it was a good episode yeah we had fun they had fun it was good yeah for sure so today, we're gonna talk about high frequency trading, which <laughs> is yeah, yikes. So, uh, Andrew, I need you to sort of explain this: what's going on? Um, what what's this high frequency trading all about? Should an investor be worried about this? Go. <laughs> Um okay. And actually I just want to say
1: first that uh this is this is the first episode where we're doing an episode and I can't see you. So um I won't see your flailing arms, you know, you're trying to like, no, shut up I'm doing <laughs> hand motions and shit. In my Italian arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um okay, high frequency training. Um in in a nutshell uh you're basically uh you and and everyone else are, are getting robbed by the big investment banks that that's it in a nutshell um however, you really shouldn't care uh i'll I'll get into that but first, let me tell you how it works so um there the different exchanges where, where people are trading stocks and, and so on, they're, they're basically just data centers. Tons of computers sitting in a huge warehouse-type building, um, and all these computers communicate amongst themselves. Now, um, when you go to buy your stock, you, know, you want to buy one share of Apple, you are buying it uh, through a broker-dealer you know, who may or may not most likely not have a computer sitting in the same data center as this exchange. So you communicate to your broker dealer over the internet or, or by phone. You're like, Hey, I want to buy one share. Then they place the order from their location to this data center. Now, if, in, if you're in New York, we're talking about, it's like less than 10 miles. It's probably like five miles away. Um, the data center. However, someone like Goldman Sachs will have a computer sitting directly next to the computer that, that, is com- that communicates that it has Apple shares to sell. So what happens is when you place your order from the broker-dealer, it takes milliseconds, like nanoseconds
0: I believe, to get to the, Yeah, hmm. I believe it's point zero zero one second.
1: Yeah, like minuscule amounts of time for your broker-dealer to communicate to the, the data center. However, Goldman Sachs has incredibly powerful computers and they're sitting next to the data center and basically they're able to see that you're placing one sh- uh, an order for one share of Apple and what they do is they get ahead of you because they have a faster connection, they're directly next to the computers and they buy it first and then sell it to you. So if you could imagine Apple cost... A hundred dollars and ten cents per share. Yeah. You pl- you could place an order for a hundred dollars and ten cents a share, and it, it, you may or may not get your order because Goldman's going to buy it first. But if you place a market order, which is like I just want to buy a share, whatever the price, you see the price is a hundred dollars and ten cents. You place the order. You instead of buying it from the pool or whoever has a share, Goldman buys it for. Hundred and ten, and sells it sells it to you for hundred dollars and eleven cents. Hmm. So, for you, you're losing a minuscule amount of money. And since if you listen to us, you're not going to be trading very frequently. So, you know, they took a little bit off the top. Their dicks, whatever. Um, not the end of the world. But the thing is, is that Goldman is doing this over and over and over, like a millions of times a day, every day forever, so they're making a lot of money off the backs of people like us. And while it, it is not significant enough for us to care,
0: um, collectively, it's a hell of a lot of money. Uh, this reminds me of a movie called Office Space. <laughs> Does this make any sense to you when they, um, you know, they're, they're basically interrupting the transaction and shaving like fractions of a penny, and they're collecting it all into an account? Is it sort of like that in the in some way? You know that that's funny. I might, it might even be an inspiration from Office Space because it's it's kind of the same thing. And is it only if I now is every investment bank doing this? I assume that not all of them are right.
1: Um, most of them slash probably all of them are. Like uh, I was at Barclays, they were doing it. I know Goldman does it. I know J.P. Morgan does it, and I know Morgan Stanley does it. Okay, uh, I'm Harold pretty Lynch. sure uh merrill lynch doesn't exist anymore they're part of bank of america i mean uh, i guess they kind of exist i I think they kept their name but they they pretty much all do it because you know what
0: um it's free money well i mean they have to have the data to do it i mean they have to have the computer and the servers in order to do it so there is a little bit of overhead for them to do something like that
1: so do you know the the like the meaning of the word arbitrage no so imagine, imagine this. If Apple was trading on a New York stock exchange and a, a Japanese stock exchange, and we didn't have this high-frequency trading, and we didn't have the internet, say so it was just all by telephone, and I call up Japan and I say, what's the price of Apple? And they say $80. And then I call up New York Stock Exchange and say, what's the price of Apple? They say $90. So I buy it from Japan's stock exchange, and I sell it in New York's, I didn't create any value. I didn't do anything. I held it for a minuscule amount of time. I mean the amount of time for me to pick up the phone and talk to one person and then do the same to the other. Right. That's that's called arbitrage, profiting off the gap. Like that's an unnatural gap, because ideally the prices should be the same everywhere. Is it illegal? No, it's not illegal.
0: Hmm. So it's just a gap in what time?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a gap in time or a gap in knowledge. You know, the only reason the stock would be trading cheaper in Japan, you know, if the internet didn't exist, is because no one called the check. So then I'd be making money like that.
0: Oh, so because of the internet. That, now, that's much less likely now. So now that they now they still want to do this thing, but they have to do it instead of, you know, an hour difference. They do it in like a fraction of a second.
1: Exactly, it's the same concept. Yeah, And, doing and
0: obviously, that f- the the, the money is much lower because instead of a ten dollar difference in a share, we're talking about like fractions of a penny difference in a share. Right. Hmm. So, so it, I, he, is it no, illegal that no, they're it, doing this? It it's not illegal. Um, well, and and don't they have insider information that you're about to buy a stock? Isn't so, that, inf- isn't that like? The thing. thing here's the thing
1: is there you know you could buy in the New York Stock Exchange or whatever but but really there there's like smaller um networks that it, they're basically it's like you know Nasdaq, Bats, New York Stock Exchange and like you may want to get a, a something from New York Stock Exchange but you'll also check Bats, Nasdaq whatever to see you know check the prices and if it's available so what what these exchanges do to make money is they charge Goldman a fee to sit them next to their servers, so it's the like New York Stock Exchange or nasdaq or bats they're making the money i mean they're 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 allowing this because they control the the exchange of goods hmm. so there are exchanges. One of them is called IEX that are opening up and that are not allowing this to even like the playing fields. But basically, what's happening is Goldman has bought their way to always have an advantage over you.
0: That seems illegal. Feels
1: illegal. Um, there's been a lot of debate. It's a, it's definitely a contentious subject. Yeah. Uh, but you know, with with money and, and lobbying, um, I think we're, we generally lose the people yeah. Generally.
0: And I I first heard about this on the Daily Show. There was a gentleman named Michael Lewis, who uh, he, John Stewart interviewed. He wrote he the a, book. That, yeah, he then. wrote he wrote a book called Flash Boys: A Wall Street Revolt. And, and we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. And he talks a lot about the guy Brad from. He's the founder of the of IEX, the Investors Exchange, mm. which is a. I believe he's a Canadian investor, right? Mm. Who. Um, Is starting uh, his own exchange where this isn't allowed, and it's and it's a lot more, it's a friendlier exchange, I guess, or or much more or a fairer exchange. So, do I have control over that, over what exchanges I invest in, if I am just using a company like Betterment, or 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 investing in a four hundred one k or an IRA or anything like that? So, uh. Here's the thing is like you, you don't um, right. ha-
1: have access to that. And the thing is, like if you invested yourself, um, you know, and you bought only, say, Apple shares or whatever, just right. some company, you know, you would be affected once when you buy and hold. However, when you look at things like basically every fund in your 401k or something like Betterman, I mean, the, the vast majority of things that people like us invest in are funds. You know, so, so you have your funds in your 401k, and these funds are constantly buying and selling shares to better improve performance and balance shit. And when new people come in, and then people leave. And so what happens is um, these guys are getting hammered. Because they're constantly buying and selling, whereas if you just bought one share of Apple, you lost a penny once, it's not a big deal. These guys are losing millions of dollars all the time to Goldman due to speed, and uh, they just pass that to us on
0: higher fees. Oh, so so it's really not affecting the end user, the the people like us who are just – you know, buying funds and buying individual stocks, we're not really seeing a huge difference. And I don't really think a penny is worth fighting over, but when you're doing it at a high volume. So it dramatically affects things like your 401k, where they're all funds.
1: However, and this is why we kind of, we have articles about it. And I think we mentioned in a podcast, you have to be vigilant with this fee percent because people look at a fund or look at Betterment or anything, and they compare it its performance to whatever, but they don't look at the fees. And I, I, I forget the exact example we showed in, in our article, but something as low as 1% fee rate um, over 30 years could take up to 24% of your potential investment gains because it's just it all compounds on itself. So over the long term, which is what we're investing for, it becomes very meaningful.
0: Hmm. Should um, should we be scared of this? Is this something? Because I know we talked about uh, getting over the fear of investing. This stories like this make me want to not be a part of the stock market. Truthfully, like this is like I'm so new to it and I don't really understand it. So to me, this is like oh, they're just a bunch of bankers just being a bunch of assholes, and like I don't want to be a part of it. You know, (laughs) and that's, that's true should but but is it i mean look should i be afraid of it it's to, not worth pulling my money out right to answer your question um you shouldn't be afraid for
1: for a couple reasons one because there's absolutely nothing you can do about it
0: so right. um it's happening across the board to everyone and pulling your money out isn't going to solve the issue it's only going it, to make it worse for you
1: exactly okay. and and look so yeah, they're shaving some. They're shaving off some of your profits. Right. Um. But you still stand to make way more profits, even with them taking a cut, as opposed to a savings account or checking account or some other stupid thing. So, you like, you really should be investing. It sucks. They're taking a little off the top. It's probably too small for you to individually see. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way it would be painful is, like I said, if you had a fund with a high fee and you just need to be vigilant. You need to seriously pay attention to that. What, like, but The difference between 1% and 2% fee is a lot, a lot over
0: the long term. And the fees are going up because this is happening. Yes. And it, do you think, uh, in your opinion – do you think that this is going to go away?
1: I think things like IEX, the exchange that that will not allow Goldman to co-locate their servers with exchange servers. and I I think things will slowly change. There there may be legislation.
0: Um, I'm not banking on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, legislation in this country has been going pretty bad lately. Shitty. Let's just use
0: the word that it is.
1: Shitty, yeah. Sucks. You know what sucks? Unlimited ca- campaign contribution.
0: Oh, don't get me That's started.
1: Just, yeah, that, that could be even the whole episode, but um, yeah, there, there's no reason for you to be afraid. It's happening. I think it's important that you know and that you understand how you can best protect yourself. And it's just by
0: avoiding fees. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Is there, now, alright, look. There is uh, this book, It's called Flash Boys, again. Mm. Is this something worth reading as an investor? Or is it just more of a, I just want to read something like a political, sort of like, how fucked up this country is sort of book?
1: Yeah, it's definitely the latter. It's like how fucked up things are, if you're interested in... The dramatics are just interested in how it's done, right. how they're making money. Like, I mean, the software that's involved is d- incredibly complicated. The hardware is incredibly expensive. You know, um, Definitely brilliant people. It's unfortunate that brilliant minds are putting, being put to tasks like this. Well, it's just, as- like,
0: you know, it's just like the atom bomb. I mean, brilliant minds are put to task to you know, destroy a couple of cities with these nuclear bombs. So it's kind of our thing. True. Yeah, yeah, we got we got the good and the bad, and yeah.
1: this is definitely the the worst of the worst sides of, of capitalism.
0: You know, because it, it there's no value being created. All right. So basically, what we're saying is, uh, don't worry about this. There's nothing you can do about it. Keep your money in the stock market. Keep making your seven percent. You know, across the board. Don't worry about these banks shaving off this little bits of money. I mean, it's not your money. They're not technically taking it from you. They're just buying it before you. And then selling it to you at a, at a higher price. If it goes up, does it
1: go down? Could it go down? Well, no, because uh, they, I mean, uh, I, I think it's very unlikely because things are happening so quickly.
0: Um, like, could they buy a stock at 80, $80.01 before you bought it and it went to 80 and then they sold it back to you and you got it for a cheaper price? So think of it like this. The the price is is
1: completely determined by supply and demand. Uh, right? Okay, yeah, right. So so the supply is whatever it is, and the demand is whatever it is, and that determines the price. And when Goldman gets in there and buys a before you, they created more demand, which drove the price up. And that's where it, the It didn't change from, yeah. the actual supply and demand. They artificially increased it. Right. You know, and just
0: Man, that really sucks. It, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't want this to be a wasted episode because this is something that I think is important. It's, it's certainly coming to the limelight. It's important to understand, to be aware of,
1: to, I mean, I think the knowledge piece of it can allow you to not be afraid, right? Because people can just scare you. Oh, my God, the banks are stealing all your money, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't invest. And you, who loses out? You. Because Go, Goldman's still doing it, and they're not going to miss your two pennies.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. So I'm reading this on Wikipedia right now. It's, it's about the book, Flash Boys. The day after the book's release, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, for those of you who don't know, the FBI, announced an investigation into high-frequency trading, in particular about possible front-running market man- manipulation and insider trading. There you go. Uh, so the, it might even answer your question before. Maybe they will consider it finally. Yeah, as insider and the, trading. And this is the FBI, too. This is not like the, you know, SEC. SEC right. Yeah. This is not, you know, a banking organization. This is something much different. You know, it would be awesome if they, if they consider this like a criminal enterprise because it kind of is.
1: I mean, insider information is I know that you're going to buy something, I'm going to buy and sell it to you for more.
0: Yeah. It's really fucked up. It's definitely legal. And, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, there's another, uh, thing going around, and this could go on, again, this is sort of, uh, I don't want to say it's political, because it's certainly not, but, um, there's a gentleman, I watch, uh, Bill Maher, and Mm -hmm. there's a gentleman, I'm gonna pull up his name in his book, um, his name is Matt. Obviously. Yeah, he's the best. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, his name is Matt, uh, Tybee, T-A-I-B-B-I, and... He has a new book uh, that's out about that thing that happened with – oh, who is it? HSBC. So you know how HSBC was doing this – they were laundering money to Colombian drug lords. Mm. And they admitted it. They admitted that it was a thing. And nobody went to jail. They paid a ridiculously high fine, the highest in in history. But yet no one went to jail. So – I'm looking at this, you know, headed in the same direction. And his book that he talks about this in is called "The Divide: American Justice and Age and the Wealth Gap" or "Age of the Wealth Gap." And I, I, I actually want to read this book. I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting. And he's a, he has a very angry writing style, <laughs> although he's a super nice guy on in in t- television appearances. But he basically like digs into this this whole how how when you're rich you don't go to jail but when you're poor and you do something like minor you end up going to jail because rich people don't go to jail so maybe if there's anything about getting control of your money it's that the more you have the less likely you'll go to jail for doing dumb shit hmm i don't yeah know, maybe there's something there there you go get wealthy get You'll wealthy. never go to jail yeah get wealthy and and get away with murder but uh you know I, i'm interested in I'm interested in this stuff, like this, this – how these big banks are basically a bunch of assholes. But at the same time, it, it makes me so angry and yet there's nothing I can do about it. So is it really worth you know, learning about this and reading into it just so that you can come out saying, oh, what am I going to do?
1: Look, don't, I mean don't stress yourself out about it. Like, if you're interested for the sake of interest, you know, go for it. But yeah, there's not going to be meaningful, actionable things that you're
0: going to get from it. Do you recommend people uh, look into the IEX?
1: Um, I, I think it, it doesn't apply to anyone in this podcast because it's something like But maybe fide- it does. I mean, look, look into it because you're interested. At the end of the day, you can't buy stocks through IEX. Oh, you can't? Like, like you can't buy from NASDAQ. You have to go to Fidelity or E-Trade or Schwab, Schwab or something like that, and then they will buy from IEX. So, so a broker, basically. So, yeah, so, so the brokers have to be interested in IEX, basically. Because then what happens is, when you're selling your one share of Apple, and if you're using Fidelity, and they're using IEX then if someone wants to buy your one share of Apple, they also have to use IEX. So the, it, it's kind of this thing where the more people sign up, the more successful it can become. And uh, it's, it's not for us to sign up. It's for, it's for the broker dealers.
0: Hmm. And I guess we don't know what brokerage you can go through in order to exchange through that. I mean, I guess I could look it up, but yeah. I mean, is it, is it even something that is worth getting into?
1: Nah, nah, nah. I mean, just I, I personally recommend Fidelity. We I don't get paid anything for that, whatever. I just really like Fidelity and their offerings. Um, but I, I also know that uh, Schwab is pretty good, and so is E Trade. Yeah, you know, and I, it's I guess personal preference. I and mean, I think we might even have an article on that where we, or if we don't, we will make one where we'll kind of compare merits.
0: Yeah, and 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 at the very least, betterment. At least you know. You're doing so much; it's so behind the scenes anyway, and you're so out of it, you know, as a as an investor. Well, the thing was with Betterment is that uh, their fees are are like
1: extremely low. So, Ah. um, Betterment, I'm sure, loses some money to this, but because they're so efficient um, in in their approach and everything like that, they're able to keep fees low. Um, So, you know, we were saying like one percent. Uh, a year would be, you know, pretty painful in terms of a fee. Betterment is their lowest um, tier is 0.35%. And that's like below $1,000 or something like that. So as you put in more money, then it drops to 0.25% and then 015 So the more you put into Betterment, they actually charge you less.
0: Interesting. We got to get, get Betterman on as a sponsor because I feel like we've been doing them such a service by talking about them all the time. I I mean, it makes it easy for someone like me because I just don't, like, especially with this story and other things about Wall Street, like, I'd I just rather be, you know, kind of disconnected from it.
1: The The thing is, like, most people don't invest because of, like, the knowledge gap, the difficulty, fear, stuff like that, and... The reason I like betterment is because it bridges that gap, right? And and in the end, like you know, I some small amounts of my money, I buy things like Apple or Tesla or whatever. But uh, they seem to be the only
0: two you have.
1: Uh, I sold I sold a lot of my. I had a lot of different stuff, um, but I sold most of it for my condo. Okay. Um, I had Google. I had McDonald's. Um, I I had Exxon, uh, J and J. But but anyways, like uh. A lot of of the biggies there. Yeah, you know, I was playing. I wanted, like, some dividends, and I I was just playing around, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, at the end of the day, like, all my savings, I I would say, like, uh, barring my 401k, over 90% of my savings now goes to Betterment because it's just easy. I really appreciate appreciate their methodology. and Fees are low. Yeah, fees are low. And you know what? Um, I haven't done a Betterment uh, experiment update in a while, but that's just me building my savings since I discovered Betterment. Um, I contribute
0: $1,000 a month, and it's killing it. Yeah. And I, I just want to share it because people should also do it. So is there anything else that you'd like to add to this conversation before we, get, before we wrap things up?
1: Mm, no.
0: Just leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So don't worry about high-frequency trading. If, it's, if you want to learn more about it, you can also email us. Um, but, yeah, here, here's the thing. So uh, I just want to say to everybody, thank you again for hanging out with us today. If you have any questions or you'd like to be on the show, to, ans- to ask your questions to us and we'll dissect your financial portfolio and we'll give you some advice and it should be a really good, engaging episode, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. And if you have any questions about this particular episode topic, also email us. Again, it's listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. If you like the show, like Andrew said, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It really, and and everyone says this, it would mean the world to us. And it's the truth, though, because it's kind of how we raise up in the rankings in iTunes and more people can find us and we can, you know, have a bigger community of people and we can all keep each other in check and it should be a good time. Uh so also, we always talk about the free money management tool mint as well as better mint uh or better mint uh that we uh we highly recommend mint and we we encourage you to sign up for it it's one hundred percent free uh you and I Andrew, we both use it right, and uh I look at it every single day we use it to keep track of our financial portfolio and we've wrote a book on it. It's called Mastering Mint, which you can find at MasteringMint.com. And if you enter the promo code podcast, you will get five dollars off the book. And I highly recommend you do that. That'd be great.
1: The whole goal is just really to simplify your, your whole money
0: situation. Yeah. Shouldn't be hard. Forget and, spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, all that. Yeah.
1: I mean it took me a few years to learn all the tricks, so it should hopefully you you use this book and
0: you'll know it right away. True. I mean you'll read it and then know it. But lots you know. of value in there. Lots of value. Yeah. Last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management, we're always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes at listenmoneymatters.com. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode. Andrew, goodbye, my friend. Later, man. Later.